Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Good morning. Welcome. Take your Bible if you have a copy of God's Word. And let's go to the book of Genesis. It's an easy book to find. It's right at the beginning. So I like that. Makes it easy for me to find. The book of Genesis, chapter number 45. Genesis 45. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, it'll be up on the screen. Or you can download the Southridge Church app and the scripture, the sermon notes, everything that's happening at our ministry. It's all there on the app. So you can download it and stay connected with all that God is doing here. Here at the church. And once again, I'm so grateful and thankful that you are here. I believe this is a special place. I believe God's going to do some great things. Let me welcome all those who are watching online. Welcome. We're glad that you're here and engaging with us. I see so many new faces. It's great to see you. I hope that you grabbed a cup of coffee and a donut on your way in. We are in a series entitled Diary of a wimpy church. And today we're going to talk about a subject that I think I believe will be a great help to many as well as it's been a help to me. But let's dive right into the word of God, Genesis chapter number 45. But as we go there first, a little backstory. How many of you are good at handling rejection? Can I see your hands? Anybody good at handling rejection? Didn't think so. Nobody wants to raise their hand that they're good at receiving rejection. If anything, I hate rejection. I can't stand it. Uh, For me, some of my earliest childhood memories that I can remember, and I'm talking from the ages of three years old, I could still remember it. I was at Happy Hollow, okay? How many know Happy Hollow? You can raise your hand there. It's not a gotcha. Remember Happy Hollow, okay? And I was just a little three-year-old. We were out there at Happy Hollow, and I had the animal cracker box, and it used to be in the shape of a box car, and it had a circus on it, and it had little animals. How many remember? Come on, you're tracking with me. There we go. There we go. All right. And I remember I was eating those, and then I was playing, and then I asked the teacher if I could go play, and she said, no, because you're still eating. And I was like, well, I'm dumping my food. I want to go play. And even from that little moment, I remember it all these years later. I don't remember my kid's name or their birthday, but I remember that time of rejection. And then I remember I didn't really date in high school, all right? I just didn't, didn't care for it. I was just busy working, doing stuff. So in college, I was like, okay, I got to make up for a couple years, all right? So I spotted the lucky young lady I was going to ask out. She didn't know it, but, you know, she, she was about to get a blessing that day. So I was about to, to, and no, this is sad. It wasn't Jane. You know, she wasn't there yet. All right. She wasn't there. Oh, oh, I know. But don't worry. We're married now. So it's, it's a happy ending to that story. But I was like, all right, I'm 18. I'm going to ask a girl out. And I saw this girl and I walk up to her. And, you know, you have to, all right, ladies, a dude, it takes a lot. I mean, we're psyching ourselves up. It's, it's not even fair nowadays. You could do it on an app. You know, you just swipe left or right. You know, it's just not even fair. Back in the old day, you had to walk up and talk to them, okay? So, you know, you just psych yourself up. And then if you're, if you're good, you'll, you'll bring your squad with you, you know, moral support. And so I looked for my guys, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go ask this girl. You got to be there. You got to back me up, okay? All right? And uh, uh, as I'm walking, they're leaving me. I was like, Man, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, they, they're just laughing. They, they just knew. So I go up to this girl and sweaty palms. And you can tell when I'm nervous, my face gets bright red. You can just tell. 
if I'm nervous, all right? And so I'm like, hi. You know, my voice gets really high, higher than it normally is. Would you like to go out with me? No. It was, it, she didn't even, I think she said no, like she saw me coming and she just knew this is a no. This is a no, all right? Here's what's crazy. That was 21 years ago, Ray. I remember what she was wearing. I remember what I was wearing. I remember the gym that we were in. I remember all the details. I remember that it was a September day. Isn't that crazy? How the details of rejection, because rejection is deeply emotional. And anything you tie an emotion to, you're going to remember it. See, rejection of faces all of us. You know, when it comes to rejection, some of you have been rejected by a parent. You've been rejected by a spouse. You've been rejected by friends. You've been rejected. Maybe you feel in your life that just time and time again, you just feel rejection. And sadly, it's an all too common human experience that has lasting emotional and spiritual wounds. And, and it leads to horrible feelings, doesn't it? It leads to feelings of feeling inadequate, feelings of loneliness, feelings that maybe I'll always be rejected. Maybe I'll never be loved, I'll never be accepted. And rejection can be defined as a sense of not being wanted. And is there anything worse than not being wanted? I mean, at the core of who we are, this is the, the, the worst thing that COVID did. It made us feel unwanted. We're locked in our homes. There's only so much Netflix that you can do. You know, you just, you just don't feel wanted in that moment. And you feel that sense of rejection. But the worst part about rejection, it doesn't just sting, it steals. Rejection will steal your dignity, your self-worth. Some of you got fired from a job and you felt like walking out of there, you're just like, it's not so much that I lost the paycheck. It's not so much that I, my badge doesn't work, my email doesn't work. It's that for whatever reason, my self-worth, I feel like is still in that building. I feel like when the supervisor said I was fired, they took that from me and they're holding it hostage. So they don't just take your dignity, they also take rejection takes your identity. Because for some of you, that was your identity, and now it's being stripped away. So you put on a false self. Okay, they didn't like that version of Micaiah, so what version do they like? Do they like the jokester? What type of person do they like? The jock. Do they like the carefree? Do, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Just accept me. And so it takes our identity. It also takes our authority. This is our confidence. This is that when God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you actually believe it. But for so many of us, we don't. For so many of us, getting ready in the morning, having to face ourselves in the mirror is very difficult. Because here's the most insidious part of rejection. Is that rejection has made you to start to reject yourself. That now you don't even want to look at yourself in the mirror. You don't like the way you look. You don't like you. So what do we do with that? Because it's deeply heavy emotion. And for some of us, we don't have the charisma, the courage, and that boldness and that confidence that Christ wants us to have because of rejection. And here's the worst part. All of us are going to experience rejection. And as a parent, it's one thing I wish I could shield my children from is any form of rejection. But I know I can't. I can't shield anyone from it. 
I can't even shield myself from it. So what can I do? You see, the question is not if you will ever receive rejection, but how you will respond to rejection. And can we recover from it? So with that in mind, we're in Genesis chapter number 45, and I want to look at this man by the name of Joseph. Because if there was ever a man that faced incredible rejection, it's this guy named Joseph. A little backstory, we're going to be in chapter 45, but in chapter 37, we meet Joseph. Joseph is the 11th son of a man by the name of Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel. And Joseph is the favored son. You see, Jacob had 12, and yet he picked out his favorite. And his favorite was Joseph. And everybody knew Joseph was the favorite because Joseph got some really nice swag. He got a really nice jacket. It's like, hey, here you go. Here's some, here's some Southridge merch for you. It's very valuable. It's great. You're going to look good in it, Joseph. And Joseph's brothers knew that their father favored him, and so they were jealous. But their jealousy didn't just stop that they would talk bad about him or they would ignore him and never invite him out for coffee. No, no, their jealousy got to the point where they said, here comes this dreamer. Why don't we throw him into a pit and then maybe we think about killing him? So it's what they did. Joseph was on an errand for his father. He goes out into a field, and his brothers see him before he sees them. They capture him. They strip off his robe. They rip it. They dip it in animal blood, and then they're going to take it back to their father and say, some wild beast killed your son. All the while, they took Joseph, and they sold him to Egypt as a slave. So already we're seeing the rejection set up. And there's, there's no rejection quite like it when your family rejects you. And some of you, that's what's happened to you. Maybe it was a spouse who served divorce papers. Maybe it was an absent parent. Maybe it was a sibling who sent something that was just so mean, so hurtful. And you just feel the rejection setting in. This is Joseph. But Joseph lands a job in a guy's house by the name of Potiphar. And Joseph, instead of having a horrible attitude, Joseph has a good attitude and begins to make this guy Potiphar a lot of money. And Potiphar becomes wealthy and successful, and he keeps promoting Joseph, the slave he bought. He keeps promoting him. Finally, Joseph is second in command to Potiphar. But then Potiphar's wife sees Joseph and tries to seduce him. And Joseph says, no, I'm not going to do that. So she lies about him, tells Potiphar that he tried to take advantage of her. And so Potiphar comes to Joseph, throws him in prison. Once again, rejection. In prison, he deciphers two dreams for the butler and the cupbearer. And he says, just remember me when you're released. And for two years, Joseph is forgotten about in a political prison. Rejection. And now we come all the way to chapter 45. With that, let's look at the word of God and what it has to say about rejection. And this is powerful Verse number one, then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now 
Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there's still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord over all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I'll provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. And behold your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin. See that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that you have seen. You shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. How do you go from rejection to reunion? How do you recover? And I love what Joseph does. Because you and I kind of have what I call these revenge fantasies. That when I make it, oh, I'm coming back to the old neighborhood. Oh, I'll be at that high school reunion. Oh, I'll be there. And I'm going to be flexing. Oh, you're going to hear me coming up. You're going to hear me. You might, it might be my car. It might be a helicopter. I might parachute in. But I'm coming up. Oh, it might be an ex-spouse that you're just like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. We're going to see each other at that family gathering. Oh yeah. I'm going to look good. I'm going to look real good. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fit in that size zero, zero dress. And he's going to just be so jealous. That new floozy he found, she's going to be jealous. Or you're thinking, oh, I can't wait till they see my company. You fired me from that place, just wait. My company's gonna buy your company. We get these revenge fantasies. Oh, we just can't wait till we're on the come up, right? So here's a guy that is on the come up. Here's Joseph from zero to hero, from poverty to prince. This is Joseph's story. You see, rejection's gonna come to each and every one of us, but the difference will be how you respond to rejection. Because that's going to determine your future. And some of us are not prepared for when God gives you the come up. Because you're going to be looking for that revenge. But notice how Joseph responds. And if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. You see, Joseph, those that rejected him, he doesn't resent them. You see, this is a meeting after 21 years, Joseph has not seen his brothers. The last time Joseph saw his brothers, he was looking up out of the pit as they were looking down at him. And possibly he could have been looking at them as he's tied to a caravan headed for Egypt, chained up, just sold for a little bit of silver. It could be he looked over his shoulder with tears streaming down his face, thinking, how could my brothers do this to me? As he was sold off to Egypt, not knowing what his fate was. Maybe he could look in the background and maybe he saw his brother snickering. <laughs> we made some money off that loser. Look, he wasn't even worth that much. Only got a little bit of silver. Let's go get drunk. 
And yet now, chapter 45, fast forward. They don't even know it's Joseph. They just know this is second command to all of Egypt. And these brothers are scared. And so Joseph can no longer contain his secret identity. He throws off the robes, and that's when he tells them, I'm Joseph. And all of a sudden, they're nervous because now roles have been reversed. Joseph has all the power. What are you going to do when you have all the power? You see, Joseph said, I I don't resent you. He didn't have any resentment in his heart and life for those who rejected him. And that's such a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's so hard to look back in your life and all the people that have rejected you, that have hurt you, betrayed you, and wounded you, and in your heart, you know you have no resentment towards them. That's incredible. But it doesn't just stop there. He also, he doesn't retaliate against the people that rejected him. It wasn't like, hey, I had to go be a slave in Potiphar's house, so guess what? You know what you guys are gonna do? You get to be slaves in Potiphar's house. Let's see how you do. Oh, and then after that, you're going to serve a stint in prison, San Quentin. Let's see what happens. Oh, and after that, yeah, you're going to have to meet the right connections, make the connections to get to my position. He doesn't do that. And for a child of God, a Christian, this should be our response to rejection. We're not resentful and we're not looking to retaliate. But how many of us, we struggle with that. I mean, somebody cuts us off in traffic, and we're like, oh, no, they didn't. I'm going to get my revenge. I'm, I'm, I'm coming for them. And I may not be able to catch them or cut them off, but, man, I'm going to give them the number one with the middle finger. It's going to happen. I'm coming for them. And we look for ways to get even with people. However, that is contrary to what God tells us how to live in his word. And as Christians, we have to set the example, and the example is a totally different way of living. It's not an eye for an eye. It's not a tooth for a tooth. It's no longer that way. It's a different way of living. And if we are going to be a strong church, it's a church that doesn't resent those who reject us. It's a church that doesn't retaliate to those who reject us. And it doesn't just stop there. It continues on. You see, Joseph could have gotten his revenge, And here's what's crazy, guys. If you go back to Genesis 37, Joseph's brothers, their beef was not even with Joseph. You know who they were really mad at? Joseph's dad. You know, the people that rejected you actually really aren't even mad at you. They were mad at Joseph's dad. Why? It says because he gave them the coat. He preferred him. So all of a sudden, they're saying, I'm going to get back at dad. How can I get back at dad? I know. I'm going to take his favorite son from him. That's how I'll get my revenge. And some of you are like, I can't believe they would do that to me. Can I tell you? It probably really wasn't even about you. It probably had nothing to do with you. You were just in the way of them retaliating. And so here Joseph has to make a decision. Do I get even Stephen with these people or do I just say, Lord, I'm going to let them take care of it. The hardest thing for me is in a role when you have some position is you want to vindicate yourself. Because whoever's the leader, whoever's at the top, they're just an easy target. And it's easy to find fault with that person. And it's real easy to just want to go around vindicating yourself. Joseph doesn't do that. He doesn't go to defend himself. But then I also love this. Joseph doesn't retreat when he faced rejection. He doesn't retreat from it. 
Some of you, the moment rejection sets into your life, you just hide, you run. And it may be through self-medication. It may be from running from relationships because you have it in your mind now that because they rejected you, everyone's gonna reject you. She rejected you, so every girl's gonna reject you. He rejected you, so every guy's gonna reject you. That company rejected you, so you gotta move because every company in the Silicon Valley is gonna reject you. Oh, that church rejected me, so I gotta go find somewhere else and nowhere's good enough. Can I tell you this morning, that's not the reality? You see, you and I are running from something that we should not be running from. You're actually running from the fear of rejection and not from rejection anymore. And because of you have this extreme fear of rejection, it's led you to no longer take any risks. What if Joseph was just saying, you know what? It's not even worth trying in Potiphar's house. I'm just going to be the average servant, just get by, and just going to put my head down, clock in, clock out, not going to ruffle any feathers, not going to stir the pot. I'm just going to do me. We would never have heard of Joseph. He would not be a patriarch of the faith. We wouldn't hear about him. But because Joseph said, you know what? I'm not going to retreat. If this is what God has for me, then I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to serve. I'm going to love. I'm going to give. It doesn't matter what rejection has done to me. You see, some of you, you're allowing the rejection of your life to morph you into something that you're not. You're allowing it to uh, change who you are. You're allowing it to make you bitter, angry, resentful, grumpy, irritable. Instead of saying, I want to allow this to make me better. And yes, it hurts. And yes, it's hard. And yes, I wouldn't want it for anyone else. But I'm going to deal with this. And I'm still going to take risks. But here's the thing about rejection. It's going to take resilience. It's going to take resilience. Southridge has been around for almost 10 years. Can I tell you the amount of rejection that we've faced in 10 years? It goes on and on and on. It's just par for the course. I could go through, and my wife has known all the times I'll just come brokenhearted because of the rejection. Because oftentimes it's too hard to not take it personal. And yet God wants you and I to respond with resilience that you and I will say, you know what, that's okay. They rejected me, but that's okay. Not everybody's going to reject me. I'm going to keep going. So the reality is this. Notice if you would, verse 3 and 4. I love what Joseph said. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a tunic. Excuse me, I'm reading the wrong passage. Let me go to verse 3 and 4. Now, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father yet still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for he was dismayed in his presence. And notice what Joseph says. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. He said, I am Joseph whom you sold into Egypt, but do not be grieved or angry with yourselves. He knew what they were feeling. He didn't want them to sit in their feelings. Sometimes when somebody's rejected you, you want them to feel it. He didn't want them to feel it. He said, don't be angry at yourselves. Don't do that. And here's what's even more powerful. Joseph goes on, and he says this, and God has sent me before you. He said, you didn't do it. God did it. This is powerful, guys. He is now learning to rejoice in rejection. 
He is learning to take the rejection and he is learning to flip it around. And what the enemy wanted to use rejection in your life, you can reshape that thing into something else. And now it becomes your fuel. It becomes your motivation where you're saying, God didn't do this to me. He did it for me. And something good's going to happen out of this. And now Joseph, instead of getting revenge, he's able to reward, bless, protect, and provide for his family. You see, you and I need motivation. Otherwise, we just stay the same. And sometimes the people that reject you is great motivation. Now, it's not the motivation you're thinking. Some of you are like, I'll show them. No, that's, that's, that, that plays to our weakest elements. That's, that plays to our basis nature. No, this, how we can rejoice, because it reveals who's really for you and who's really with you. You see, some of you are going after a dream, going after a goal, going after a vision, and you think there's a group of people behind you, and then you find out that when things get hard, then you find out who's really with you. you see, Joseph could rejoice because it revealed his own family wasn't supportive of where he was. And so this morning, you can rejoice in the rejection because now you know, oh, they're not really with me. And where God is calling me, where God is taking me, I need people that really are for that vision. And so in this world, yes, rejection's terrible. You don't want to face it, but you would rather face it with people that are with you. And I'll tell you, the vision for Southridge Church is so much greater and so much bigger. I don't have time for people that are like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. That's fine. There's thousands of churches that you can go to. God bless you. We're all going to heaven. It's okay. We're just not taking the same bus to get there. I'm fine with that. I'm partial to our church. I believe the mission and vision is going to be historical, life-changing, and impactful in the Bay Area. I believe what God is doing here is so much different than what we're used to seeing because we are sitting in a building that we got and we didn't even have to build. And I'm telling you, God is up to some great things here. But what if we just gave into rejection? What if we just like, oh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Eeyore. That's what you could call us. Eeyore Christian Church. Can I tell you there is Eeyore Christian Church on every corner of this city and nobody wants to go there. Everybody's going to face rejection. It's how you respond to it. And I choose to respond with joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, Christian, it purifies. It does something good. It makes you stronger. I don't want to be a weak church. I want to be a strong church. So rejection is part of it. So this morning, you and I have to say, you know what? I'm going to rejoice in this. I don't love it. I don't like it. I wouldn't wish it on anybody else. But I'm going to rejoice because I know that God is going to do something through this. This week, something happened in our family's life. I can't share all the details because my wife said, do not say anything. So this is me not saying anything about the thing. And so we faced some rejection this week. And I said, oh, man, I think God's up to something. She said, thanks a lot. I was like, no, 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 I know we got to sit in this emotion because that's what a good husband does. So I just sat there and said, how do you feel? How does it make you feel? How do you want to feel? What do you want to do? Here's more chocolate. You know, like when you, and keep massaging the feet, you know, just, you know, I'm trying to be a good husband. This is what the book says to do. You know, I'm just trying to be engaged, right? All the while I'm excited. I'm like, oh man, rejection's coming. That means something else is even bigger is coming along the way. And so I can be excited. I can rejoice. And she didn't know the message that was coming. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one just for her. This would be great. So you all, it's all good. You can leave. We can be dismissed. Just don't forget to tithe on your way out. And it's all good. But understand, you can rejoice in the rejection because what God is going to do, he's going to bring about a prize out of the pain.
my friend, while we're talking about the good side of rejection, there's also a negative side. You know, not everybody who rejected you is wrong. Can I be honest? When I was 18, that girl saying no to a date, I was a loser. Let's just be honest. I'm, I'm going to tell it like it is. I had a 1984 white Honda Core, blue velvet interior. This thing was raggedy, ratchet. I worked at JCPenney's. I sold suits for $6.75. I didn't have a career. I had poor grades. My life was a mess. She rejected me for all the right reasons. Can I tell you that sometimes we look back and we think, they're a terrible person. Why would they reject me? This is going to be hard. Sometimes they reject you for the right reasons. Maybe you would have got that job as a supervisor and failed spectacularly. That forever goes on your resume. You're not going to get another shot. So I'd rather you get that shot when you're ready. Some of you are saying, man, I can't believe that relationship broke apart. I can't believe that didn't work. Maybe it was for the right reason, that, that area you need to grow in. And I know that hurts. I know it's hard and it's painful. But I'm saying I know from personal experience there are people in my life that have rejected me. And then in the, in the heat of the moment, I was upset and I was mad and I cried out to God. And I was like, God, why would you allow that to happen? And then hindsight being what it is, I step back and I'm like, oh, they were right. They were right. I'm not going to tell them they were right, but they were right. I haven't grown that much, but I'll get there. You see, but then at the same time, rejection is the rite of passage for every child of God. I'm running out of time here. But Joseph is a picture of Jesus. He's an Old Testament picture of the New Testament Jesus. You say, how do we know that? Well, you can kind of match up similar details in his life. Joseph favored by his father. God said on the day that Jesus was baptized, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Joseph had a coat, many colors that was taken from him. The Bible says that on the cross, they were gambling for the coat of Jesus. Joseph was rejected by his own family. Jesus was rejected by his father. My God, my God, why? Hast thou rejected me? There's similarities. But here's what you and I need to understand. Rejection, until we reframe it, we don't see that how God uses that. How God redeems the rejection. How God is taking it and using it in our life. And for some of you, rejection has more to do with how you see you than how the person rejecting you sees you. Because you believe why they rejected you. You think, oh, yeah, 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 they, maybe they're right. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And you have to discern which one. You have to discern what is God trying to teach you. Because rejection is not an indication of your value. And some of you feel like rejection is an indication of my value, but you need to reframe that rejection. And that's why Joseph, as we close, said, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go to my father and say to him, thus says your son, 
Joseph, God has made, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. What's he saying? This is the crux of the message. Rejection made Joseph. If it hadn't been for the rejection, you and I would not be talking about Joseph this morning. So the rejection that's going on in your life right now, I don't know what it is. It could be relational, could be spiritual, could be emotional, it could be financial. I don't know what the rejection, however, I do know this, we all will be faced with rejection in our life. And I'm here to tell you that it's the rejection that will make us who God wants us to be. So stop trying to not get rejected. Stop trying to say, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to step out. I'm never going to try anything. I, I, I don't want to get rejected. Don't be afraid of rejection. Because, like I said this, Joseph is a picture of Jesus. Joseph was rejected. But here's the best part, my friend. I would rather be rejected by man and accepted by God than to be accepted by man and rejected by God. And that needs to be our heartbeat. That we just say, God, I don't like this rejection. It's bringing me to a dark place. But God, as long as you and I are good, I'm going to be okay. Yes, this hurts and it's hard and I'm going through this, God. But Lord, I'm going to trust you. God, my acceptance, my identity, my dignity, my authority, it comes from you. They may think they took it, but they didn't take it. This stings, but guess what, God? You can recover and restore this. You can bring this back to me, God. You see, don't be afraid of the wrong people's rejection. Be afraid of God's rejection. That's the one we need to be afraid of. Am I accepted by God? And can I tell you on the authority of this book, it's an unequivocal, yes, you're accepted by God because his word said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. God accepts you. And yet it's time that you say, okay, if God Almighty can accept me, then maybe I can accept me. Then maybe that rejection that came my way, I don't have to receive that because by his stripes we are healed this morning in that same passage it says he was despised and rejected by man and because he was rejected you and I can be accepted it was because he was willing to face the cross alone and be rejected by everyone you, you look at the life of Jesus everything about his life was based on rejection it was prophesied in Psalms and Isaiah 400 years before he's even born that he was going to be rejected. What was prophesied over you? Was it rejection? No. But for Jesus, it was. And then, as he's about to be born, Luke 2, he's in his mama's tummy, riding a donkey in a little town called Bethlehem, and they're just looking for a place to stay for the night. They want to be accepted. Were they accepted? No. So on the night of his birth, he's rejected. And then one day he's doing a miracle. He casts a demon out of a man, does this great miracle, and the whole town comes out and says, no, no, you got to go. He's saying, wait, I just did this miracle and I have to go? Yes, you have to go. They said, we don't want that kind of craziness. 
His own family came to him in John chapter number six, and they said, hey, you're the carpenter's son. You just need to come home. Who do you think you are? His own family rejected him. It didn't stop there. Matthew 26, the end of the chapter, he's going to the garden of Gethsemane, and there the, the betrayer Judas comes, and what happens to his other disciples? Even they reject him. Jesus stood alone on that cross for you and I, and finally he looked up and he said, God, even you're going to reject me, but I'm not coming down because i got to make a way that they can be accepted, and this is the only way that they can be accepted is if I face the ultimate rejection, and Jesus faced it gladly for you and for me so that we could be accepted. The deepest level acceptance is not found in a man or a woman, a career, how much is in your bank account, how healthy your body is, no matter what kind of car you drive, no matter what kind of house you live in. The greatest uh, significance and fulfillment is found in Jesus Christ where he says, you are mine. He says, you're mine. There's nothing better than that than to know that Jesus loves you. You see, when you experience rejection, just remember, you're in good company. They rejected Jesus, and they can reject me, and that's okay, because I'm accepted. And God will restore those. You know, I started this message with a a story about getting rejected. Here's another story. It was July. 2008 I was in Yosemite hadn't been there for a long time and I was super nervous about getting rejected Sonia I was really nervous because this time Jane was there and I was sweating it because here's the other side of it here's 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 the backstory to the story I'm old school so I wanted to ask her father if I could marry her I showed up the first time, and some of you know this story. I'm still going through therapy. He said, no, you ain't ready. I said, okay, all right. I'm coming back. I came back. I had some money in the bank. I had the ring from Costco. Don't buy your ring from Costco. It's a good deal, but it's just not sexy. Just don't do it, all right? Go return it. It's a good deal. Stop being frugal. Or at least get a Tiffany box. Go buy the box, stick it in a Tiffany box. All right? Just just pro tip. And I said, I got the ring, got the money. And he said, nope, a second time. I said, oh, rejection. That's okay. All right, I'm going to rejoice in this rejection. Okay. All right, you know. Third time. Three times driving. He's got to say yes now. My father-in-law said no three times. So I'm nervous because I don't have her parents' blessing. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. We're up in Yosemite. And man, it's been a fun day. And sun's about setting. My brother's there. And he's like, you ready? I was like, no. I was pacing back and forth. I was like, okay, she wants to buy a waterfall. We got to go find a waterfall in Yosemite in the summer. That's a hard thing to find, you know, in a drought. So I was like, turn on a hose or something. Do something. We need some water. It needs to fall. That's all that needs to happen. Sun needs to hit it. And then she's looking at the waterfall. I was like, I'm going to take your picture. Turn around. This would be great, you know. And back then, we had the old cameras. It was an actual camera. You remember those? Little box. It says Kodak on it. Yeah, you had one of those. It wasn't the wind-up. I didn't get the wind-up one, all right. It's like, 
picture. And then when she turns around, man, I'm down on one knee. And my hand and my voice went back to that gym when I was 18, squeaky, face red. I was like, what is she going to say? I was like, who are you? Will you marry me? Yes. And before I could even finish, it was a yes. Cool, huh? How many of you are sitting there like, she's sitting there. We knew she was going to say yes. Like, why all the drama? Here's the cool part. I never wonder about being rejected anymore. If I want to go on a date with Jane, I say, hey, you want to go on a date? Some of you are so afraid of rejection. It's because you just don't have that security of who you are and the relationship you have with Christ. You see, it was my relationship with Jane that changed the way I look at rejection. And your relationship with Jesus will change the way you look at rejection, where you know it doesn't matter because I know somebody that will never reject me, that I can come any hour, any time, and he's always there. He's always ready, and he's always there to call me back, and it's going to be okay. And it doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what I've done, that there is this acceptance in the sight of Jesus. And if anything, he's been expecting me, waiting for me, and he's wishing that I would show up. So this morning, as we close, the reality is this. There is no real rejection for those who are accepted by Christ. There really isn't any rejection. I'm fully accepted, fully loved, fully known, faults, flaws, all of it. Jesus just says, come unto me, all who are weak and weary, and I will give you rest. There's an invitation. There's no longer rejection. So this morning, I'm going to invite you all to stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. And I want to extend the same invitation to your tired and weary and worn out soul that God says, whosoever will may come. There's no rejection. You don't have to be afraid of They'll say yes. With God, it's a yes with an exclamation point. It's always been a yes. And this morning, no matter what rejection you've faced or you feel, God says you're accepted. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe this morning, out of all the people you feel rejected by, God is the person you feel the most rejected by. And I'm here to tell you, It doesn't matter what you've done or what you've been through. He does not reject you. If anything, you're the one he's after. You're the one he loves. You're the one he's calling. You're the one he's wanting closer. And he's inviting you to come. He's inviting you to receive him as your own. He's inviting you to leave the pain and hurt of past rejection and receive him. Is that you this morning? You say, I I want to receive the forgiveness and acceptance of Jesus. Is that you? Can I see your hand? You slip it up. Nobody looking around. Anybody like that this morning? I see that hand. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see this hand and that hand. Amen. God bless you. You may put your hands down. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. Five hands raised. 
How many this morning you just say, you know, I'm just battling against this deep feelings of rejection. And maybe it started when you were a child. Maybe you were the one that didn't get picked. Maybe you were, weren't the favorite child in your home and you just felt like the outcast. And you never really felt like you belonged. And this morning you, you hear a message on rejection and it strikes so deep because rejection has now become your identity. And God wants to call you out of that identity and into a new identity of who you are in Christ. That all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if that's you, can I pray for you? You say, I, I don't want to deal with this rejection. I want to be free from it. I see that hand. Anybody else? Can I pray for you? I see that hand. Oh, I see that hand. Oh, multiple hands. Oh, amen. God bless you. God bless you. So many hands. Let me pray for each of you. Heavenly Father, as we come to you in the name of Jesus, we know that it was not anything we could do to be accepted. It is only through the precious shed blood of Jesus that we are accepted. And so, Father, we walk in not our authority, but in the authority you've given us, the identity and the dignity that you provide. And so, Father, I pray for those who are battling against rejection that may be deep in their life, maybe past traumas, maybe somebody took advantage of them, maybe something in their life happened where they just don't feel worthy anymore. Father, would you begin to heal the hurt? Would you wash over this room a deep sense of belonging and connection and acceptance and help them to know that they have found not just a church that loves and accepts them, but they have found a Jesus who accepts them and loves them and calls them home into his family. And so, Father, heal the hearts, heal the hurts. Lord, we just pray over those that raise their hands. We just pray for them that you give them the peace that they need. And as we face rejection, Help us to do so through a different framework, knowing that we're accepted in you. So this rejection is only temporary. You're going to do something great with it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team to lead us in a song of worship. And at our church, one of the things we invite people to do is if you would like to, if you'd like to slip out, I would love to be able to pray with you or for you. And I'll just be right here. If you want prayer, I'll, I'll wait for you. And then we're just going to seek God together. Sometimes we come to church on a Sunday and it's just kind of grab coffee, grab a donut, hear a message, listen to a song, and then go about our day. But the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to work in your life. And yet this is the most important time. And yet the invitation seems like that's where we want to escape. Well, this is the time that God wants to speak to you. And so if you want prayer or you need something, I'll be right here. But right now, worship team, would you lead us in a song? of worship. Thank you again for spending time with us today, and a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.